0: The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. All right. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today. Dr. Tiffany, could you just
1: introduce yourself a little bit, talk a little bit about your background? Sure. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Tiffany Lamberton. I have dual degrees in physical therapy and dentistry, and I'm passionate about all things TMD. And, um, I kind of have like, I don't know, I think a fun story to tell, (laughs) So um, I have kind of a niche um, TMJ only practice in um, the greater Seattle area. So I actually live in Tacoma. So if you've ever like flown into SeaTac, it's like that. Kind of stepsister town um, in the South Sound. And um, the other thing that I'm trying to launch right now into the universe is TMD Collective.online, which is going to be, you know, kind of my vision of like an educational platform um, for dentists and also myofunctional therapists. Um, and I, I'm just loving seeing like all the collaboration between PTs and speech language pathologists and dental hygienists, dentists, as like the myofunctional therapy world gets kind of more airtime. So that's, and I'm a mom. So like kind of running around with like track practice and trying to run, run uh, my own practice. Um, I had worked before as an associate. And so I am like one year into like my own practice and um, that's been really exciting. (laughs)
0: That's amazing. I'm excited to unpack all that with you and walk through your journey a little bit probably makes sense just to start. Where did you get started? Were you dental school,
1: physical therapy school? Can you tell us a little bit about how things got started? Sure. Um, so my dad was a dentist and I grew up in a small town in Eastern Washington and he kind of never really like encouraged me to do dentistry. He always was like, "Oh, it's too stressful. You don't want to do that. Um, and at the time, when I was in college, I had a cousin who was a physical therapist that I went out and shadowed her and kind of got really excited about, you know, movement. And I've always been really into fitness and Pilates is kind of my jam. And so I was like, okay, I I think I'm going to like apply to PT school. So I did that and that was an amazing experience. And then I worked as a PT for seven years, um, in California and then also here in Seattle. And I had this amazing job. We were like seeing some of the Mariners, we were seeing like tennis pros, like we had a really like cool orthopedic practice and I had an amazing mentor and then I got engaged. (laughs) And so at the time my husband was, um, in medical school. And so we got married between his first and second year. And then I moved back down to California and I just found myself being like a little bit lost, um, and kind of like dreading going to work. And, um, I was seeing all these other kids that were in medical school and dental school. And I was like, I think I'm going to go to dental school. <laughs> I was like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? Why? You know, and I just was like, no, I I think I can do it. And so it was cool because my job allowed me to work part time as a physical therapist while I was in dental school and I taught Pilates, you know, and, um, you know, after we took we i took the reb and so you know there was like that couple months where you're just like waiting for your results and so i could work during that time and and that was kind of amazing and So I guess I would say like in dental school, you know, it was cool to like go back through like head and neck anatomy and, um, you know, everyone was like complaining, like, why do we have to know like what the nerve supply of the gastrocnemius is? Um, I was like, you guys, this is so cool, you know? And, uh, so I was, you know, really into, you know, like oral pathology and like anatomy. And, um, when I got to, you know, like starting to cut preps on type it on teeth, I was like, Ooh, (laughs) mama bear doesn't like this that much. So I was the one with like the giant bag of like plastic teeth, like cutting class two preps, like over and over and over again, you know, trying to work on the, type it on. And, um, so I just remember, you know, when we did have our rotation with, uh, oral medicine and the TMD specialist, I, it was like two days and I was like, they're doing like spray and stretch and appliances. And I was like, okay, this is not really like representative. I'm like, why are we getting like so little education about the TM joints? Because they're so important, you know? I mean, you could do this like $18,000 veneer case and your patient's joints start breaking down and all of a sudden they start breaking and chipping the restorations. Um, and so I guess that's where I've like kind of tried to come full circle, um, with my practice is, is really just like try to like embrace kind of like my PT roots. Um, and then, you know, I just, I think it's so exciting to kind of see like the airway, myo, you know, myofunctional therapy and head and neck musculature, you know, even like the cervical spine. So I just did, um, a talk to my like national study uh, Chicago study club virtually, uh, like a month ago about like why the cervical spine matters to the general dentist, because, you know, there's just, when you think about the cervical nerve roots, you know, all of the sympathetic nervous system and just how closely those are related, you know, I just, you know, my PT friends are all like, I've never seen a TMD patient that didn't also have like a cervical spine issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I think it's really cool. Um, I also really strive to like bring in just like evidence-based dentistry, because I think that we can't just like totally like jump to the holistic part. You know, there's a lot of different modalities that are out there and lots of different appliances and things like that. And I guess the thing that I preach the most is just like slow down for the diagnosis, um, because I think we get, we like want to jump into treatment. We want, whether it's like clear aligner therapy or restorations, or, you know, we want to just jump into treatment. And I think that we've got to kind of step back and really look through that bigger lens of how is the patient breathing how are they sleeping um you know what is do they have like tethered oral tissue like are you seeing muscle imbalances like one masseter versus the other are you seeing a torticollis or like postural things that could be um playing into those um things that was a really long answer <laughs> no that's awesome you gave us a good <laughs>
0: overview and a lot of things i want to ask you about so Lots of people would say it's a non traditional student working and going back to dental school. So, what was that experience like? You said you had time, you were married, you were working part time, you did dental school. How
1: did that look? Um, I, I mean, I would say je- dental school was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it was, I mean, we we partied hard <laughs> and we had a lot of fun, but we worked really hard too, as you know. Um, but I made just, you know, some amazing friendships. Um, I was also, I I know you're part of ASDA and I think that's amazing. Um, I was part of CDA and, um, sat on the TDIC board and did, you know, a lot of student leadership and now out of, you know, dental school, I've tried to stay active with organized dentistry. So like right now I sit on the board of the Pierce County Dental Society, Um, We just did dental action day in January with some D1 students from University of Washington. And like, that just energizes me. Like, it's so exciting because you guys are the face of the profession and your concerns are different than the dentists that are kind of more towards the end of their career. And I think that we've got to continue like advocating for that. Um, Especially, you know, when you come out of school with like a crushing amount of student loan debt. (laughs) And, you know, just trying to kind of find that like work balance um, between, you know, and I, I think as a female, you know, for me, it was also like um, I ended up getting pregnant like a month into my first job out of dental school, you know, and I, I mean, I look back at those days, you know, I ended up working for a DSO right out of dental school to try to, you know, get my skills up. And, you know, I was really grateful for the opportunity. Um, but I mean, I just remember my husband was a chief resident, so he was working like, you know, who's like, I never saw him. Um, you know, I have this newborn and, you know, I drive like 45 minutes, drop him off at the nanny. Like cry all the way, like 10 minutes to my office and then like pumping, you know, breastfeeding, pumping in between patients and then like go back and pick them up, drive 45 minutes back, make dinner, you know, and then like feed them through the, you know what I mean? It's just like, I can't even believe I did all that, <laughs> you know? But I think that, um, you know, it's so exciting to see more women in dentistry. So, um, I graduated 15 years ago, so I'm like way out of the picture. But, um, when, I, when I went through dental school, um, you know, there was just this huge surge of like a push of like having more women in dentistry. And I remember one of my classmates, you know, like her mom was like the very first, like female dental student at our dental school, you know? I mean, it was just like, it's not really that long ago that like, it's just been a very like male dominated profession. And I just think that we bring a different spin to things. I think we're more collaborative, maybe like more, you know, empathetic or, um, you know, I just think that like, we're banding together and kind of like, trying to bring the profession up and also recognizing that like if you do end up having a family that there's a lot of challenges, unique challenges. And so like maybe being able to work part-time or job share or, you know, have some opportunities like that is really cool.
0: So when you were working as an associate up until you said a year ago, you just started your own practice where have you still been at that DSO or did you work in another office and were you doing all kinds of GP skills or like, when did you decide to really hone in on the TMD?
1: Yeah. So I worked for DSO. And then, um, once my husband was done with his residency, you know, our plan was always to like move back to Seattle. Cause we're both from Washington state and we love it here. <laughs> and, um, so once we got here, um, you know, I did have the luxury of like taking some time off while my kiddos were little, Um, And I did kind of work part-time, you know, kind of in and out around those things. And then when my youngest kiddo was in um, kindergarten, that's when I um, went back to work part-time and I was doing restorative and was just not like feeling the passion. (laughs) And that's when I was like, you know, I really want to, to kind of get into this like whole sleep thing and my functional therapy. Um, So that was probably about 2016 when I started taking classes. Um, And then I also had, you know, kind of my other advice would be to find a mentor that really you can kind of like follow, you know, even if it's someone nationally. So I found my mentor again, through California Dental Association. I, um, and he's this amazing restorative dentist. Um, he is a senior faculty for spear, um, Dr. Jim McKee, and he's out of Chicago and he has just been amazing. Um, him and his wife have all just been so generous. You know, he was like, come to Chicago, you know, come shadow me for a week. And I was like, cause I was like, I, I really want to do what you're doing. Um, because, you know, I wanted to kind of move into that like airway and TMD world. And so um, I've kind of just been following him. Um, he, he's done like an online study club that I was a part of. Now he's um, just started this. I call it my bougie study club because it's the Chicago study club. So it's him, Dr. Drew McDonald, Dr. Seth Adkins and Dr. Kurt Reinhoff. And they're just like amazing. Right now there's like a wait list, but you should get on it <laughs> because it's really just like the restorative dentist perspective, but bringing in that that whole discussion about the TM joints and bringing kind of, again, like that bigger lens. Um, so I, I think, you know, Seattle, we're so lucky because we have Spear and we have Coist and like, we have, you know, just some amazing dentists here, um, that I have just had the privilege to like work with and consult with, and they've really, you know, inspired me to kind of go on my own. So.
0: Awesome. I want to talk now a little bit more about what you're doing now. So what does a typical work week look like for you now that you have a practice? You're also trying to launch this educational platform. Yeah.
1: So I have three days of clinical time. Um, I'm trying to be completely paperless. So I'm right now using a cloud based system called Curve Dental. Um, and then I'm trying to have everything just be through that. So, like if a patient wants to book an appointment, they go to my website. I work out of actually three different restorative dentist offices um, because I'm trying to keep my overhead low. Um, and one of them um, is a good friend of mine, and he's the one that has like the CBCT and the itero and like all the good toys, <laughs> you know. Because I think, you know, once you start getting into kind of like the digital space of like, you know, digital workflow and like 3D printing, and like you're like, oh, I want that, I want that. <laughs> So, um, you know, TMD kind of falls in this weird area, kind of a gray area between medicine and dentistry, and it's not really well reimbursed by either. And so I did try while I was an associate to use both medical and dental insurance um, to get covered. And it just ended up being like a disaster, you know, just like faxing narratives. I mean, I like a whole team of people kind of like trying to support me. And, you know, I was trying to do like peer to peer reviews and get, um, you know, advocate for more imaging, like MRIs of the TM joints and, you know, just getting like a lot of pushback. And so, um, you know, kind of during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I've wanted to start my own practice for several years, like it's now or never (laughs) I turned 50 this year. So (laughs) I mean, like, I don't feel that old, but (laughs) I was like, okay, Tiff, it's time. (laughs) So, yeah. So I have three days of clinical and then, um, you know, the, uh, the rest of the time I'm trying to kind of like work on my social media and, um, you know, I'm gonna hopefully be starting a podcast. I'm just like kudos to you for doing that in dental school. It's so much work. <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, it's fun though. You'll, you'll be great. I can already tell. I would listen.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, I just I have this whole list already. I have like a spreadsheet of everybody that I want to like bring on, like all my people, you know. So I'm like, okay, you're gonna be on, you're gonna be on <laughs> it's like I just I love hearing like different perspectives and um you know, like I said really amazing colleagues in my, in my Chicago study club. And so I've already like hit up like 10 of them, like, okay, you're going to be on it.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm excited. What's the timeline looking for that? Are you hoping in the next couple of months or is it going to be a longer process?
1: Yeah. So, um, right now, um, like I said, I have like a, a, a platform that has like a few of the courses that I've kind of recorded, um, I'm kind of gearing them towards like the myofunctional therapy community um, because what I've seen, um, especially after I've spoken at some, you know, different events, is that dental hygienists are eager <laughs> to learn more about myo. And so they're like, what, like, how do I get certified? Like, where do I go? Like, what's the educational process? And, I love that, you know, like PTs, OT speech, we're already used to collaborating, you know, like when I was a PT and, and worked, you know, in a neuro hospital, you know, did a rotation there. It's just like, you know, that this patient is super complex and you're going to take this piece and they're going to take that piece. And, you know, cause like, I don't know anything about feeding or, you know, even like swallowing is not really, you know. I don't feel like it's my forte, but, um, you know, as a dentist, we're very focused on the teeth and the occlusion, but, you know, as we're seeing kind of that bigger lens of things, we're starting to realize like, Hey, I, I need to look at, like more broadly and I need to involve more specialists. And so I see kind of for the future, um, these like incredible, like multidisciplinary teams where you've got the orthodontist, you've got the oral surgeon, you know, you've got your, um, you know, but I I think that the general dentist should drive that, right? And I, I think that we need to be the one taking the images, working up the patient in a comprehensive way, you know, bringing in those people. You know, maybe you have a PT in your office. Maybe you have a Mayo in your office that you're like, you know, working kind of side by side with. Because, you know, as we're seeing these younger and younger kiddos with, um, you know, like sleep related breathing disorders. Um, you know, that mismatch between the maxilla and the mandible where they're having like anterior open bites or cross bite, maybe like a, an occlusal plane that's off. And so as a parent, you know, I kind of have gone through this a little bit with my kiddo where, you know, I was starting to see with his teeth, you know, he's having a midline shift and the chin is pointing to like one side and the ramus height is short on that side. And, you know, you're kind of putting all the pieces together. So, um, you know, I had to really like relentlessly advocate for him to get a sleep study for him to get an MRI and a CBCT. And, um, you know, I was kind of like that crazy parent. <laughs> I just wouldn't get out of your office. <laughs> and so I kept like taking him to different orthodontists. And I was like, do you think he needs this? Does he needs that. And they're like, oh no, he's fine. We're just going to move the teeth. He's class two. No big deal. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm going to force you to look at things my way. <laughs>
0: and what what ended up happening was there more than yeah
1: Yeah. so I ended up um flying down to Albuquerque New Mexico um to see Drew McDonald who's just an absolute rock star like if you have a chance to hear um he just was on Act Dental's podcast a couple times um and he's like spoke you know, he's, he's speaking for spear. He's speaking for, um, like the Seattle study club. So he's, he's starting to like, get, you know, more, some of this, like, sorry, national recognition. And he is looking at things like the same way I am. So it's basically like taking your CBCT data three-dimensionally. So in my kiddo's case, you know, he had had like several instances of like falls, like a fall on the chin, a fall on the playground, another fall on the playground, like a month later, like multiple concussions. Like, <laughs> like it's my kid that like, just, we keep going to the ER. Right. <laughs> And you know, it's like a dentist, you're like, oh my gosh, are your teeth okay? <laughs> you know, like, did you knock out your teeth? But like, really, we don't think about kind of that articular disc and the ligament system. And if that disc gets knocked out of place early, um, what we're finding now with MRI is that growth stops of the mandible and it can happen unilaterally or, or bilaterally. And so, if you're starting to see these kiddos with this anterior open bite, these class two shifts. Um, a lot of times it's not just a tongue thrust, um, and not just oral habits. I mean, that can be part of it. It can also be like a compressed airway with the retronathia, but It's also can be, um, issues with the TM joints and the, the articular disc and the ligament system. And it can also be, have like a cervical spine component. So you can have that C1 C2 like rotation, and then you get the sympathetic nervous system involved and with kids, you know, they're not going to really have like pain, like an adult TMD patient is going to in the same way, but if you start to see kind of like these I call it like my four signs of like a high risk TMD patient in that young age range is basically, you know, the facial asymmetry, um, looking at the anterior open bite or bite shift with cr- like cross bite last two. Um, so you're starting to see kind of like the skeleton isn't growing like ideally, you know, both with the maxilla and the mandible. And, um, then you're also seeing, um, you know, sorry, I'm like l- lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. Um, sorry. I just got really nervous all of a sudden.
0: You're just fine. You're talking about your four ways oh, yeah. that you're voting yes, that yeah. someone might be, have <laughs> problems with their TMD.
1: Yes. And so then like profile considerations. So, you know, we're always like looking at like lateral steps. Well, now that like modern CBCT, you know, is allowing us to like really see the growth in three dimensions. And so what we're seeing is like on the side that has, let's say it's like a unilateral disc displacement. What we're seeing is that, the mandible's not growing down and forward, and also the maxilla is not. And so there's like a difference side to side. So one of the things that Dr. McDonald is doing is he's drawing, you know, these triangles, both the maxillary triangle and the mandibular triangle, and comparing side to side. Um, and what we're finding is that the side that has the disc displacement. Like I said, isn't growing. They may have that twist with the cervical spine and they may have headaches and they may have jaw deviation and they may have fascial and uh, muscular restrictions on that same side. So it's really just, again, kind of like that bigger picture, that nuanced picture, Um, and, you know, maybe when you're watching the kiddo like open and close their jaw, they may not have like a lot of pain, but they may have clicking and popping, or they may have like that deviation or that deflection that's starting to kind of give you that clue.
0: And what are the usual interventions that you're doing, or are you making recommendations and referring to a different specialist?
1: Yeah. And I think that that's where, you know, as general Dennis, as we're starting to get more into the orthodontic standpoint and, um, we're seeing like kind of earlier interceptive orthodontia where people are doing, you know, more like Um, expansion early. um, And that's not really my population. Um, My population, I'm kind of getting like the failures (laughs) of like the people that got out of their expander and now they're having clicking and popping and headaches and pain and they're 12 and their joints are trashed you know, so, um, that's where I I think my little niche comes in because, um, I'm the one that's like really working the patient up from the diagnostic standpoint and really doing that comprehensive exam. So I call it like my JPT plus T exam. So I'm looking at joint history, pain history, um, previous treatment, and also trauma. So car accidents, maybe a fall off a rope swing, um, especially these young, um, females, especially, um, that may have hyper. Hypermobility, mobility, maybe connective tissue disorders, maybe JIA, maybe Ehlers-Danlos, you know, all of those things, like really, like I, I, I consider myself the one that is like the, the linker, (laughs) right. So like, I'm talking to their ENTs, I'm talking to their sleep physician, I'm talking to their orthodontist. I'm kind of giving them all of the imaging on like a silver platter and like, okay, this is what we've seen with the, the scans and their, you know, clinical photographs, here's their MRI, here's their CBCT, um, here's their symptoms. And this is what um, I think we should do. And so um, if we can kind of get these kiddos before they stop growing, um, if there's a chance that we can get them positioned back under the disc. So for some kiddos, it's maybe just moving them forward to a class one canine position um, and keeping them either there with like a functional appliance Um, you know, so it's just kind of like depends on the orthodontist, you know, what they feel comfortable with in, in, in their hands. Um, so, you know, I think that 3d printed appliances have a really cool place. Um, but I just think again, whether your patients are adult or like pediatric, we have to have the complete picture before we start anything, because if we don't, and then the patient ends up having kind of a subpar outcome, maybe they have a orthodontic relapse, or maybe they start having symptoms. Um, then we're like, oh, wait, we need to do imaging. <laughs> but, you know, I just think that over and over again, I've seen, especially with like sleep appliances, Um, dentists want to just like, you know, move the jaw forward and they haven't done kind of the work of doing the, the diagnostic imaging. And so they don't know what the condition of the joints are. And they're just, you know, the kind of the, the byline that I've heard is like an open bite is better than an open casket. Yes. But, you know, if this patient ends up having TMJ, TMJ symptoms, or, you know, ends up having, um, you know, bite changes and, you know, you didn't inform them that that could be part of it, then um, that that can be kind of like an unhappy patient. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I think I have a pretty good understanding of like your scope of practice now, but if people are listening to this and it's making them excited and they're curious and they want to know more, especially if they're in dental school, do you, what like pathway do you recommend if this is a way that they want to practice or something they want to learn more about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, kind of finding some of these big educational platforms, um, you know, I hope to be like the female empowerment version of that. I want, you know, in five years, (laughs) it's going to be TMD collective up there with like Kois and (laughs) spear. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, find a mentor, um, find someone that like really speaks your language and helps you feel passionate about it. I think mentorship is great. Um, you know, we can't expect ourselves to know everything when you have such a broad scope as like a general dentist, you know, um, you just kind of have to like practice a bit and, you know, kind of see what what your lane is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely would say, you know, have a study club either locally or nationally, um, find some of your organizations that really resonate with you. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, um, things like ASAP pathway is fantastic, Um, airway circle, um, the breathe Institute, of course, Dr. Zaghi is like a guru of, uh, like tongue tie, you know, releases and, uh, sleep that piece of it. Um, but I would try to find someone that does kind of like bring in that bigger lens of things, because, um, I think that it's not just sleep. I think it's not just releasing the tongue. I think, you know, we've got to pay attention to like some of these other things that, you know, our PTs are, are really experts at, um, you know, I think I look at things from kind of like an osteopathic standpoint too, as far as like mechanics of like joint mobility as, you know, both, um, both of the TM joints and the cervical spine and, Um, you know, I think that we're, our understanding of like fascial planes, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of like anatomy trains and, um, you know, there's just like some amazing like cadaver dissections of like, we're seeing how like those fascial planes really. Um, you know, once you start to like, see it, it's just like, you can't look away. Right. I'm like, once you see, um, the tonsils that are like kissing on the midline, or you can see, you see the, <laughs> the grade four tongue tie, or you see like that TM joint that is altered, like that altered growth. Um, I tell people like, once you see that you can't look away. And, um, you know, even as a restorative dentist, I think, you know, we see people with wear or like they're breaking their crowns, like they're boxing. Why are they broxing? You know, <laughs> Are they stressed maybe, but is that the whole picture? Like, I don't think it's the whole picture. I think it's, I think it's sleep. I think it's, um, you know, muscle dystonia. I think it's the sympathetic nervous system. I, I think we, we have to have a bigger, bigger lens.
0: That's awesome. I love that. You're so passionate about connecting. I'm, I could
1: talk yeah. about it all day. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's so, it's so essential for like the benefit of the patient. We need all of the healthcare team to be working together.
1: Absolutely. And that's why, like, I just think like if we can kind of have that crystal ball of like that young 12 year old girl and keep her from going down that horrible pathway of like where she had, you know, Maybe like a series of different things happen, like car accidents, or maybe like, you know, an endo that kind of went sideways, or like, you know, all of a sudden she's gotten into like complex regional pain syndrome, or, you know, she can't open her mouth because she's got a closed lock. So she can only open like five millimeters. Like, those are the patients that are. Like, I feel so passionate about like, if we could have helped that young person, you know? And so we've seen how, you know, it used to be like four on the floor, you took out, you know, four bicuspids, uh, you know, now we've seen, it doesn't cause airway problems, but it didn't help, you know? And so you see those adult patients that have had like really retractive ortho and like their maxilla is you know, it's V shaped, it's vaulted, their airways constricted, their tongue is scalloped, they're pushing against their teeth, like they cannot breathe. And so I, I think that the paradigm of like understanding that we've got to guide growth in a different way is really exciting. And I think it's not just about the teeth and how they fit together, which it is important, but, um, you know, we, like I said, we've got to see that big picture. So looking back,
0: you've had a lot of. Experiences in your career so far. What is one thing that sticks out that just would really surprise your younger self?
1: Oh man. Well, I will tell you that like kind of putting myself out here in the universe is not really my jam. <laughs> um, so I, I'm pushing myself really hard to to do this um, because I I care about it a lot. Um, so I, I don't know, I I think that the, the Tiffany and dental school sat on the back row a lot and played, you know, like candy crush and (laughs) like, just tried not to like talk a lot or like speak up front. I'm not really a public speaker, but, um, you know, I, I, feel emboldened that we've got to get this message out. And I, like I said, I, you guys are the future. Um, and I think that as we're seeing things kind of move towards like a volume based practice with both medicine and dentistry, I see that clients are frustrated. Like they don't want to spend five minutes with their primary care physician. Like they don't want the dentist to just like rush in and out and not listen to them. Like we have to kind of create value for the diagnostic process and, um, you know, help patients understand like, Hey, your insurance might not cover this MRI or, you know, this cone beam CT, but you know, the benefit is that we're going to have an understanding of like, no matter which treatment you pick, whether it's orthognathic surgery, orthodontia, restorative work, equilibration, we're going to know what we're starting with before we even try all these things, rather than like having you, you know, just go for it and then have kind of like that subpar outcome. So I, I think that's the message uh, is that, you know, we need to create value for, for our time and for our diagnosis. Um, and you know, I think what's hard is that you get out of dental school with just like a crushing amount of debt and I feel it and it's like an anchor (laughs) and, um, but I would say that like, for me, the most important thing is to have that work-life balance, um, and find something, you know, that you feel passionate about as far as like movement, you know, like I said, for me, it was Pilates, um, because, you know, I've had so many, um, friends and family that have kind of sacrificed their health for production and for dentistry and making, you know, kind of that you get on that hamster wheel and, um, I, I just think it's not worth it. Um, I would rather, you know, kind of like enjoy my life and kind of have like maybe a time of where financially, you know, you, you go through some ebbs and flows, um, but you're creating a a practice and you're creating environment where you draw people to you. And so I think when you have that positive energy, you're going to, you're going to find your people, you know, and, and you're going to build them and, you know, networking is so great. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, being able to like, go to like your Asda things and like, just pick those dentist brain, like, what are you doing? Like, what does your workflow look like? You know, how did you manage this? Like, like so many people's stories are so interesting. If you you just listen and, you know, kind of hear about that. And maybe you're like, "Yeah, that's not for me, you know, and that's okay. Um, but you know, this is the time that it's so exciting when you're just, you kind of have your whole future ahead of you. And I would just say like, don't rule anything out. You know, um, I would say in dental school, I never thought I wanted to be a mom. And now <laughs> I have two kiddos and I just, you know, it's, it's, Brought a whole nother dimension to my life. And so, you know, kind of finding, you know, what's right for you individually and for, you know, what what type of life that you just, you know, decide to, to develop.
0: Well, I just want to say that I'm rooting for you. I think you're amazing. You're doing amazing things. I would never know that you're nervous or not, <laughs> not <laughs> so <laughs> comfortable and everything. You're doing awesome. And I'm Thank so excited you. for you and for TMD Collective to grow. I'm definitely going to be joining in and following along
1: is Thank that you. the
0: main resource you want to guide people to is TMD collective is their website instagram how do people get connected
1: yeah um so my website is uh, tmdcollective.com the educational platform is tmdcollective.online um i'm on instagram at tmd.collective <laughs> Um so that's probably like the platform I am most active on. I do have Facebook for us old people. Um I have a little bit of YouTube. I I'm I'm trying to do like all the things and I'm finding like it's hard to <laughs> hard to do all of those. So, but yeah, Yeah. I would say, um, I would love it if you, you know, please don't hesitate to DM me. I always answer my emails. I, um, I'd love to have you as part of my community. And, um, like I said, I'm a lifelong learner. I just think that you've got to keep like, I, I, I'm a CE junkie. Mm
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your time tonight. I learned so much, so inspired, very motivated. So I know that all the listeners are going to feel the same way. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.